Welcome to the Child Free Wealth Podcast, hosted by Bree and Dr. J, Certified Financial Planner. Here we discuss life and finances as it relates to being child free. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your advisor before implementing any ideas heard on this podcast. Hey everyone, we're back. We've previously talked about financial independence, retire early, retirement, and financial independence, live early. This week, we're talking all about achieving financial independence. So Dr. J, what's the secret to achieving financial independence? I think if I wanted to know the secret to financial independence, I would go on TikTok and look at these thousands of different posts on there that tell you how to do that, right? Yeah, TikTok, absolutely. Okay, seriously, if you go on TikTok or Instagram and you say, hey, what's the secret to financial independence? There's at least 100 people trying to sell you something to get you there. Whether it's IULs or crypto or real estate or you know, taking a loan. or Have you seen those? Yeah. Have you seen the latest TikTok? It's financial gurus be like, take $20 from the LLC you made in the morning. Go buy yourself a Mercedes DoorDash for the day and then go buy an investment property. And just all of these things that it goes on and on. It's quite funny. That sounds about right. And, and <laughs> Okay, so I have like a, a love-hate thing with uh, Finfluencers, as the term goes. Um, and, and part of it is because people start mixing recipes, you know, a little of this, a little of that. The other part of it is most of them have no financial background or, you know, certifications or licenses or anything. Or they're just trying to sell you something. So if you if you see a podcast... Like this one that says it's the secret to financial independence, you got to look at it sideways. Because the actual secret to financial independence is really, really boring. It is doing the right things over time for many years. It is not buying a product. It is not investing in something. It is not taking out a loan to invest. It is not life insurance. It is not. It is getting out of debt, having a budget, emergency fund, and saving for the future. That's it. It is nothing fancier than that. Yeah. And that's not flashy. It's like you said, boring. Right. And people go, well, but it's impossible. Nope. It's not impossible. It's hard. It's not easy. And it's harder when you are barely making ends meet. But it's not impossible. It's about doing the right things over and over and over. And I hate the term right because... What's right for one person is different what right for other, but it's about doing the adulting stuffs of finance over and over and over. And I say over and over because you can't just get it right once and call it a day. So let's let's pull this apart. The first step is get out of budget. Why? Because you gotta tell your money what to do with it. Yeah, my mother always said if you had twenty dollar bill in your pocket, it finds something to do or a hole in your pocket, it's gone. And that's true. And it's even worse now with credit cards because we can just swipe and you don't even notice. Like you can tap and you don't even realize it. You can, you can pay for something without even taking your phone out nowadays. Like you just walk by something and you pay for it. Yep. You and know? the whole watch thing. Uh, yeah. Like, so if you don't give your, yeah, if you don't give your money a job, forget it. Yeah. It's gone. And by the way, gotta remember, used to, it started with Amazon one click. They figured out how to get the money from me fast enough. It's getting faster and faster. And what they're realizing is if I make it easy for you to pay, you're more willing to do it. Absolutely. That's one of the secrets in marketing. That's my background is remove that friction so people will buy. 
Cool. So with a budget, we're trying to cause some friction. Yep. Now, budgets are like diets. Uh, diets, there are hundreds of them out there. And the best one is the one that works for you. I don't care which app, which structure you use. I don't know. Bree, what do you use for budgeting? I use the free Google Sheet budget template. That works. We'll also link that we have a money management system. The one I use, it looks at must, shoulds, coulds, and won'ts. You can do, uh, you need a budget, mint, every dollar, whatever app you want. I don't care. Pick a budget and stick to it. Now, here's the thing. The first month when you budget, it will not go well. It just won't. Something will go wrong. The hot water heater will blow. The transmission will blow. You know, dog gets sick. Something will happen. The whole point is, when it comes to financial independence, is we just make improvements to our budget every single month. The key is your budget tells you both what you can and cannot spend money on. Now, we all have our bad habits. Mine's Amazon. You know, if you want to know if you have a bad Amazon habit, the, the test is, do you know what's in the package when it re- comes to your door? Now, we have a little delay here because in the middle of nowhere, so two-day delivery is probably closer to four. Unfortunately, things show up here four days later, and I'm like, what did I order? That is not a good answer. Yeah. So you want to get on a budget. And we'll, we'll come back to... We'll do a separate episode on budgeting, but you need to have a budget. If you are as a couple, you need to budget together. Now, you can have separate financial plans. You can have separate accounts, but you want to have a budget for the overall for the house, for the expenses. You need to have some type of discussion about where we're spending our money. Because I've seen some couples like, oh, I'm going to be financially secure, so I'm going to make them pay for everything. Like, that's not (laughs) that's not going to fly. Um I've even seen people, well, we put it on their credit card so it doesn't count, even though they're pay- both paying off the same credit card. Okay, really? Yeah. Play whatever games you want. Bottom line is, I bring in X, I have to spend X. No more, no less. So we got a budget. You also hear it called, uh, you know, $0 based budgets and other things. Bottom line is, beginning of the month, you need to have an answer. And then my recommendation is every single week, you check to see how you're doing. Because if you wait to the end of the month, it's too late. Yep. You know, so I, I, I check every week, kind of go, where's it going? Good, bad, or ugly? And usually the one that I have to adjust is eating out. You know, dining out kills a lot of budgets. And I'm like, ooh, last week was rough. This week needs to, you know, we need to stay in and cook. Um, you know, it, it's a balancing act. So you work that through. And, I, and I'm not hating on people for eating out too much or the old avocado toast trope at this point. Like, it's not the avocado toast, but what it is is you don't have a plan for your bun- your money. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you could save money. I mean, my wife and I, dumb example. She likes Starbucks. I bought her an espresso machine and the Starbucks coffee. Guess what? She can make it at home for nothing. Did you buy the cups, though? That's with my wife. I got the cups, the specific disposable cups for when she leaves her trips. Otherwise, she doesn't like to make it at home. <laughs> I don't have to go that far because my wife likes using a reusable cup, so it works perfect. But, I mean, it sounds silly, but it can save you a good amount of money. I don't care where you save. I don't care where you spend, as long as you have a plan for it. So the first step of financial independence, get on a budget. Second step, get out of debt. Now, Bree's a marketer, so I'm going to hate on marketers for a minute. And I'm not hating on Bree. I'm just hating on marketers in general. Marketers have taught us that there is what's called good and bad debt. The key is they're both debt. You owe people money for stuff. They say, well, 
Student loans are good debt. Go ahead and ask anyone right now with a six with a six figure student loan if that's a good debt. The answer is no. No, they're drowning in them. Is All it- right. They go, well, buying a house is good debt. Well, they just launched 40 year mortgages, which mean you're not gonna make any progress. You're just gonna pay interest for your entire time. Well then guess what? You might as well just pay rent. Yep. Good versus bad debt. Ignore that. Debt bad. So if you have debt, get out. Now, people will fight me on this, and that's okay. I'm in the no debt camp because the bottom line is whatever percentage you're paying in interest, if you pay it off, that's a tax free, risk free return of the money. Credit cards, 20 to 30% interest. You pay those off, you're getting 20% of your money. You're not going to beat that in the stock market. Pay off your debt. Those influencers to say, hey, you should take out a loan and 10x your money. And they're not pricing in the risk and all the other stuff. And by the way, if their method really worked, they wouldn't be teaching you how to do it. They'd just do it themselves. Yep. And by the way, life insurance is not going to do it either. An IUL or whatever today's product they're trying to sell. Ooh, Jay, you're hitting on some hot topics there. Oh, infinite banking and I, you're buying an insurance product to get your money back. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Pay off your debts and don't buy anything fancy. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll come back to the investment. That's a separate topic and maybe we'll have to do a whole one on why not to buy IULs and some of the other life insurance policies. But you got to get out of debt. And to get out of debt, you have to make it a priority. So here's how you do this. First step, lock all of your credit cards so you can't use them. Now, that sound, may sound a little harsh. It is. Here's the bonus of locking your credit cards. If you lock your credit cards, you can't use them and no one else can. No mm-hmm. stealing it, no whatever. And it also gets rid of subscriptions because they can't bill to you. Sure. Used to be before COVID, the hardest subscription to get rid of was a gym membership. Cancel the card, it usually gets rid of the gym membership. Like, you know. Yep. So... First thing is you got to stop taking out more debt. Mm-hmm. Debt allows you to steal from your future. If you want to be financially independent, you can't be using debt. Now, once you get your credit cards paid off, we can have a separate discussion on if you pay it off every month and the points. and the. But the first step is they get to zero debt, which, by the way, most Americans may never get there in their lifetime. It's sad to say, but the hardest net worth to get to is zero, where you owe nothing to anybody. Yeah. So people go, well, what about my student loans? Yeah, pay those off too. Now, if you're on like a public service loan forgiveness, you have a a plan to pay it off over time. I'm okay with that. But you got to get rid of them. You got to get rid of the debt. It's part of your financial independence. People talk about, I need to feel secure with my money. Well, the, the way you feel secure with your money is to have money. Not to be paying to somebody else. With the student loans, you brought up a good topic. What about the people who have like the federal student loans and they're waiting on what was supposed to be a $10,000 forgiveness, but who knows if that's going to happen? What do you say there? Do you say put in a high yield savings account and pay it off if it starts again or just. I'm good with that plan. Put it aside. Uh, Student loans are going to be the last one you pay off anyway. But if, you, if you're waiting for the restart, put the money in a high-yield saving, and once they restart, dump it all on the student loans because you're not paying any interest right this second. Yeah. But 
that don't make that excuse of going, well, I'm hoping in the future they pay off student loans. Yeah, you can they've been talking forever. about Yeah, they've been talking about for decades, okay? It's not gonna change. So that is something you're gonna have to pay off. Now, by the way, they suck. I mean, like that's oh, yeah. there's no other technical term behind it. You gotta pay off the debt. The one thing people will debate on me is whether or not you should pay off your mortgage. Look, I got a mortgage at two and an eighth. I can make more in a high yield savings account. Okay, you can keep your money in high yield savings. But once the high yield savings come back down, you should pay off your mortgage. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a math equation. People go, well, maybe I should keep my mortgage but invest in the stock market. Well, then what you're doing is essentially borrowing on your house to invest in the stock market. Yeah, we had a long discussion about this one day. We did. And I'm not sure, you know, you can you can argue and say, hey, I want to take out debt to, to invest in the stock market. You're now doubling your risk. You can mm-hmm. actually lose more than you started with. Yep. So get, we get out of budget, get out of debt. Then we save an emergency fund, three to six months of, of expenses. That gets kept in a high yield savings. It don't invest your emergency fund. Like that just like sits there, boring. It's just there in case stuff happens. Then you save and invest. Mm -hmm. But I've already set all that foundation. What do you think, Bray? I agree with it. I think it's important to have those foundations set up so you can go forward. Because if you're not, if you're building on sand, then it's easier for your home or metaphorical home to wash away than if you're building on a solid foundation like rock. And so if you're getting your debt gone and setting yourself up with savings, you're building on rock then. And you're gonna have a better foundation to start with versus if you're building on sand with a bunch of debt hanging out there and no savings. Yep. And once you get out of debt, got emergency fund, we start investing. People, that's what when people get excited about finance. Like they don't like paying down debt, but they like investing. Well, investing, paying down debt is essentially a, a return, just like you're investing. So you should be happy about paying down debt, but you know it just doesn't have the same psychological fun. Let's call it that. When it comes to investing, people think about financial independence. Like, oh, I have to have my money work. You do. Now here's my question. I'm going to throw it to Bree and let her answer this one first. Bree. Do you want your investments to be sexy or do you want them to work? I want them to work and I don't want to have to look at them. Okay. Simple passive investing works. Here's the rule I'm going to have all of you follow. You only invest in things you understand. Now that sounds simple, but understanding investments means you understand what you're investing in, how it impacts your financial plan and where you keep it, which are, you know, like tax advantages, uh, you know, like 401k or, or tax bill accounts. So somebody says, hey, you should invest. I'm going to keep picking on it. In IUL, can you truly help me understand what that product does? Now, by the way, I've studied it. I still don't 100% understand what they're doing besides making the insurance company money. Yeah. I understand, I understand stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds. I own parts of companies. Or I own parts of, in a bond case, you know, money they owe me. That I can understand. Simple passive investing says I don't invest in one particular stock. The way I like to look at it is you invest in three things. The whole U.S. stock market, the world stock market, and some bonds. 
There's lots of ETFs can do that. Very low fees. Set it, forget it, come back when you need it. Now that's super boring and not sexy. Because you know what? I don't want my stock to go up or down based on who tweeted what today. <laughs> that's a good point there. Some some people have some strong tweets. I mean, you know, the, the stock market on average over time will go up. Yep. I just want to ride that. I want okay. your hold on, hold on. I want your finances to be boring so your life can be awesome. What about this is I agree with that statement. This is something that people have said to me. Well, what do I invest in that the stock market's down and I'm losing money? Are you selling? If you are not selling, you're not losing money. That's just the current value. That's like saying your house, you lost money on your house. Well, have you sold your house today because the price is down? Yeah, and what happens is if if your investments are keeping you up at night, like you're watching them go up and down, that means either one of two things. Either you don't understand the investments or you're taking on too much risk. Yep. If you're riding the roller coaster and like going to panic sell, you are invested way too much in risk. Mm-hmm. You know, my goal, personal goal, is to check my finances twice a year. Kind of go, yep, this is where my net worth is or not. By the way, I am not there yet. I'm still struggling. You know, like I check it once a month or once a week, you know, depending on how I'm doing. But I'm in this world, so I get to live up and downs. But your goal should be twice a year. You go, yep, still going the same way. And today's craziness won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to hate this. And I actually hate this too. I just did some rolling things over and I turned on text notifications because I wanted to see when my stuff rolled over. Well, now I don't know how to turn them off. So every day at midnight, I get a text with what my balance is and it is a roller coaster right now. And yeah, I hate it. Need- I'm like, I don't want to see this. So I need to figure out how to turn it off. But it Block that number or something. Something like that. Yeah. So... Remember I said financial independence is boring. Mm-hmm. I want your money to be boring. People are like, yep. well, but I could. Yes, you could. It doesn't mean you should. So I'll give you an example. My own personal investing. I do the same thing. Three funds. World, U.S., some bonds. The ones I happen to invest in are uh, ESG funds. So uh, it takes out the ones that are like, you know, investing in oil and others. So there's some options there. But we'll have a separate discussion on that. And I keep 10% of my money for gambling. Mm-hmm. Now, I do this for a living. I'm an investment advisor. You know, that's what I do. I really have trouble just being really boring. So I keep 10% of my money and I can invest in individual stocks or whatever I like this week. By the way, that 10% I invest does not do better than the boring stuff. Yep. It is purely so that I don't touch the rest of my money. Yeah. Sometimes just have that little play money in there. Now, by the way, if you could just set it and be boring, great. That's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be playing with it unless you uh, that's, that's, that's something you really feel. Yeah. And by the way, never day trade because if you day trade, now you end up with a tax bill that's more than what you owed. We're going to come back to that. But yeah. the bottom line, set it, forget it. Here's what you're trying to do. You're trying to let your money work on itself. You know, we talk about, you know, Whatever, the eighth wonder of the world, whatever they call it now, the cap, yeah, as we start compounding interest and, you know, money is growing money, is growing money, is growing money. When you're financially independent, you get a point that it's called the tipping point where you're making more money on your investments than you are on your paycheck. 
That is a beautiful point. What you're looking at for last year, and I made more money doing nothing than my job. Now, by the way, it's also a gut check because then you're like, well, then why am I working? That's a separate discussion. We had a, take, we had a separate discussion on that on file on fire. But you want to get to that point. So here's some measures to know if you're going the right direction. What I want you to measure is not your credit score. Credit score is useless. Credit score tells you how you work with debt. Instead, measure your net worth. Your net worth is a measure of financial independence. The first step is to get to zero net worth. Now, net worth is everything you own minus everything you owe. So zero net worth means at least I'm breaking even. I don't owe anybody more money than I owe. Yep. Perfect. That one is the hardest to get to. Most Americans struggle with that and will never have a positive net worth. When you come out of, out of college with a $100,000 student loan, that started with, with a negative $100,000 net worth. Mm-hmm. You're digging pretty hard to get out of that hole. That's why student loans are such a problem. The second measure. So we got it from zero. Next one's $100,000 net worth. When you hit $100,000, go take yourself out to dinner, you know, celebrate. You now have enough money that you're like, hey, if I take a year off of work, I'm okay. You know, like I'm going in the right direction. And $100,000 is where money starts kind of growing on its own. It's like growing more and more. You know, the, the running joke is the first million is the hardest. The second one's easier. So I should just start with my second million. No, no, you can't really do that. But that first 100000 you know, it, it's actually helping you to have a foundation and it's growing. Once you get to $100,000, set it, forget it, it will be a million dollars. It's just a matter of time. Now, Absolutely. there's a point somewhere in there where you're going to hit what we call the boring middle. You've gotten out of debt, you got to $100,000, and now you're just waiting for your money to grow. Where, like, if you do nothing, it will be fine. And then people are like, yeah, but what do I need to do? Nothing. Stop touching it. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. Just nothing. That's hard. Let it grow. People are like, well, but, I, you know, in 10 years I'll be able to retire or, you know, chief file or whatever. Cool. As long as you don't mess with it. And then people go, well, but maybe if I got fancy, I could... Boring got you here. It'll get you there. Yeah, so if you want some good books, uh, Simple Path to Wealth. Um, there's also the Little Common Sense Book of Investing, John Bogle. If you really want to get like technical, there's a book called Random Walk Down Wall Street. And Random Walk Down Wall Street says, over time, stocks go up and to the right. And really, anyone that believes they know why is full of it. <laughs> like, it's, like, like they did all the analysis and they're like, Yep. Bottom line is, set it, forget it, let us do its thing. Mm-hmm. Now, while we're talking about financial independence, and you want the secret, because that was what we started with, yep. it's boring. So what happens then when people go, well, what about XYZ app? And I am not going to name any of them here. That says, this app can get me to pay down my debt further, or invest, or... You know, like uh, it gives me like confetti going when I buy stocks or rounds up this or all of those are tricks that are trying to make boring stuff fun. But here's the thing. If you don't have a plan, you're not following it. They're just cool tricks. And usually what happens is then I get like, you know, meet with them and they go, I've been on such and such app forever. And I look at what it's invested in. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You paid a lot of fees, but we're okay with it. 
Or like, oh, I paid down this credit card a little bit here. Cool. You know what would have worked better? If you had focused on it. Mm-hmm. Just done it. Now, if an app works for you, fine. But gaming, making a game is not going to make it any faster. If you can master the boring stuff and let it be boring, you will achieve financial independence. Now, if you're barely making ends meet, you first got to get past the rent and ramen stage. You got to get enough money that you can get there. But budget, get out of debt, save and invest over and over and over. It works. And it's just not sexy. Not at all. And it's it's not flashy, so it doesn't catch people's attention as quickly. So, all right, Bray, so help me. So you're the marketing expert. How do we make something as boring as this interesting and then like fight the algorithms to make it work? I naturally just get really excited about finances. So I think... Okay, you're special. I have a little bit of bias there. (laughs) Um, But talking about it and just educating people that it can actually be really easy to do it and you don't need all these apps to do it for you because it's rather simple. But getting the education out there, talking about it, and like you mentioned before, if influencers who don't have certifications, well, they can talk about it. But like you and then soon to be me, we can't talk about things in the same light because we've gone through and got education, have these certifications. And so doing what we can to talk about it and showing up where the other people are is really important. We just have to get our faces out there. and So that's my answer for you. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody has to find their own answer. But just keep in mind, boring works. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a rating or review. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Follow Child Free Wealth on social media or email us at podcast at childfreewealth.com. If you're interested in working together, learn more by visiting our website, www.childfreewealth.com. We'll see you next time.